Welcome to the Whiteboard Session, examining our faith based on Luther's small catechism. This week, Pastor Junk starts a new section on the Lord's Prayer. In this video, we discuss the introduction to the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Let's listen in. Greetings, everyone. Uh, it's good to see you again as we continue on our journey through the small catechism. Uh, my name is Pastor Jung, and I'm here um, on behalf of uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. Uh, as, as we continue today, uh, we journey on uh, to a new uh, chapter here of the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is something that I think all of you, uh, who are either Christian or not, have heard this in, in uh, people that you know, or even in a movie, uh, maybe in some of the sports movies that you see, uh, the football players would uh, huddle together and pray the Lord's Prayer together. Now, this prayer is very popular. And, um, I mean, for myself, I know very well that I've known this prayer ever since I was uh, probably single digit in age. Um, and I know it's been with me for a long time, but uh, the Lord's Prayer is something that uh, we definitely need to flesh out in order to understand what we're actually praying about. Now, uh, from a basis of prayer, prayer is, is a very important part of the Christian life. Now, I think it's easy to think of prayer in your mind right now. If you think of prayer, you probably think, how much do I pray? Uh, do I pray often? How much do I pray? Do I pray often? How much do I pray? <laughs> do I pray often? And it's almost like a burdensome thing, right? It's almost like I have to do this in order to be a child of God, uh, but rather it's a privilege, right? Uh, prayer life is really, uh, if we think about it, it's, it's a submitting to God's will and, and the gifts that He gives. It's to know that we need God, that we need what He provides. And therefore, as children go to their father, it is a child with that childlike faith who pleads and prays and, and um, uh, seeks His guidance uh, for all things, because we very well know that we cannot do it ourselves. That is the key to prayer life. After all, when we talk about the privilege of prayer, um, this is an imperative. God commands and invites believers in Jesus Christ to pray. Remember, in Christ, in the body and blood of Jesus shed for us in His death and resurrection, in what He has done, uh, God commands us to pray. It says in Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Right? Ask, it will be given, seek, you will find, knock, and it will be opened. This is God's command to all of us as we continue to trust and have faith that the Lord will answer our prayers. That our trust is not in ourselves, but are in the very words of Jesus to ask, seek, and knock, because God will never leave nor forsake us, but He is with us, and He will answer our prayers, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Rejoicing in Christ, that is praying unceasingly, uh, clinging to the Father and His will, faith and trust 
in his holy name and what he gives. Now, again, uh, as we know this is as a great privilege and a gift, how easy it is to forget uh, how prayer is, in a sense of speaking God's words or speaking um, in words and thoughts to God. How easy we neglect that prayer life. And I guess the question today is, uh, why do we neglect prayer? When we know what it gives, right? When our faith life is in the Word of God, in His promise, why do we fail to pray? It's a matter of dependence and trust. Uh, Ever since the garden, we very well know Adam and Eve fell to the allure of independence, that they could be their own being, uh, to be their own God, and they wouldn't die, and they would know like God, and yes, indeed, uh, it is in that independence that they were tempted. And likewise, we are also tempted by that independence, not clinging and trusting to what God has commanded us, right, and what he gives as we connect to the Father in this gift of prayer, Um, in this relationship, this communication, uh, but rather uh, what happens, uh, we flee from our faith in Him and our faith becomes about ourselves. Our trust becomes about ourselves, right? So we very well know that uh, the the vibrant uh, prayer life is found, well, in these these words. Um, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, this is uh, John 15, uh, the, the I am the vine, you are the branches, uh, words of Christ. And there, we very well know that because of that relationship with the vine and branches, we have the privilege to pray and ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Now, again, it's not like I can ask for the lottery numbers, right? <laughs> I don't even know how many lottery numbers. Is there like seven? And then the power, the special ball. I remember on TV, they used to have that on KCAL 9, you know, at like 530 and they would come out from the ball. Th- Anyways, I digress. But my point is, is that, no, God in faith, as we know in faith, we trust that the will of God is done. And we know that he hears our prayers because after all, he says so in his scriptures, but that, uh, uh, that we uh, pray that his will be done in our lives. Now, that is because of that relationship in John 15 with the vine and the branches. If the branches, that is who we are, is detached from the vine, again, what will happen? Uh, we, we stop praying, right? Branches in isolation stop praying. They go on their own way, flee to their own word, right? Go to their own philosophies and their own wisdom, and what happens to that detached branch? They will die. It's always important to ask yourself, and as my mentor would always tell me, How is your prayer life? How is your word life? Are you hearing God's word? Are you reading his word? Are you uh, going to church to hear the preached word? Are you uh, receiving the sacraments uh, uh, faithfully? And also, how's your prayer life? Are you praying? Are you reading scripture and praying upon them? Um, Is this a faithful uh, uh, um, activity of your life? And again, it's not the point of the amount. Right? It's not the point of, uh, of how much you do it out of a burdensome, as if it brings merit to you, but simply, it all goes back to who you f- have faith in and where your trust is in. That prayer life clearly shows us uh, where our trust is in as Christ is divine and we are the branches. 
right? So this is a privilege that we have. Um, and there, uh, as children of God, uh, we very well know that the Holy Spirit has uh, called us uh, to, uh, to this prayer life, as it reads in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, uh, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are called to prayer. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are called to the gospel, right? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that he enlightens and strengthens and keeps us in the true faith. And therefore, uh, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we, that we hear those words from 1 Peter 5, that we cast our cares unto the Lord, right? Because we very well know what we're up against. And that in the faith that we have in Christ, what we're really saying is that we are the broken, we are the weary, we are the ones that need uh, Christ. We are the ones that need the comfort that God gives through the prayer life, right? Because the devil will always have something to say about that. The devil wants us to stay away from this gift, right? The privilege. This is not like something we have to do. It's a gift that we have that God gives, and therefore the devil very well knows that when that prayer is given, he is uh, he is overcome. So again, when we uh, when we talk about uh, 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 this vibrant uh, prayer life, uh, how we ought to not only pray for ourselves but definitely uh, pray for those around us. So when should we pray? Um, I think this is uh, uh, something that. Uh, uh, we always ask ourselves, how many times a day uh, do we have to pray? And again, there is no, there is no number, uh, there is no um, amount that we should pray. But again, prayer is there with us always. Uh, we could prayerfully, with the spirit of prayer, uh, we could pray as we drive, don't close your eyes. Uh, we could pray uh, before mealtime. We could pray uh, before we see someone who is ailing. We could pray for those around us. You know, we, we have so many uh, moments in this day that we could pray because it's always there for us, not just at certain times. As it reads in Psalm 50, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. This is the promise that God gives. Call upon me in the day of trouble right? and I will deliver you. That means God hears our prayers and he will deliver us and you shall glorify me. And this is, uh, this is very important to remember as we continue to uh, live out this prayer life because, again, prayer is, as we talked about in the large catechism the other day, it's our Christian weapon. Right? Not only do we pray for ourselves, but we pray for those around us. The will of God be done. Right? I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We always pray that the Lord's will be done in our lives, right? To bear fruit, to love and serve a neighbor. That's always a prayer for us. And likewise, when people are, are, uh, are suffering, uh, for example, like the Canaanite woman who prayed for her daughter, or uh, Jesus praying for his enemies, or Stephen even praying for his enemies in the midst of uh, persecution, we very well know uh, that we ought to pray for those around us as well. So prayer is our weapon, and we use it because it's ours. Why is it ours? Because we are His children. Why are we His children? All by the grace of God given uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what a gift that is uh, to pray. So pray without ceasing, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5. And remember, as it says in Luke 18, uh, Do not lose heart, for we always ought to pray. Praying 
always gets us back to Christ. It gets us back to who we are as children of God. And daily we're stretched, waves are tossing us to and fro, and so easily do we forget who we are as children of God. We're not alone. We're not on our own little island. And though our flesh says, I can do this on my own little island, we very well know that when we pray, we need him. And he is there for us. And that is a promise. In, as we continue here, in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13, and uh, Luke 11, 1 to 4, when we talk about the prayer life, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. Uh, when we don't know what to pray, and there are times in life, I'll be honest with you, where the words don't come out, where we're so inundated with so many things in our hearts and minds, overwhelmed, layer after layer, the, the demands, the priorities, the, the worries, the anxieties, there we forget, and, and you hear it, right? And I know, all of us, there are moments where we say, I don't know what to pray for. And it's interesting because Jesus gives us uh, this gift of the Lord's Prayer. So the Lord gives us uh, the Lord's Prayer, right? It's the prayer that the Lord has taught us. And I said earlier, you know, this is a prayer that everyone knows, even as we see it in, in the cinemas. Who says cinemas? Cinema. No one says that anymore, right? The cinemas? Is that like a European type? The cinema. I'm going to the cinema. <sighs> Anyways, so <laughs> when we talk about prayer, uh, this is a gift that God gives. It's a prayer that the Lord has taught us. And, you know, it's, it's one thing, I think, as we look back on our childhood that we memorize and that we know. And like, yeah, I know that, Pastor. I, I've, I've heard it. I've memorized it. It's like a mechanical thing that I just regurgitate every single time. And sometimes I even roll my eyes because I already know this. And why are we praying it again? It's just a, 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 a simple and rote and mechanical type prayer. I don't know what I can get out of this anymore because it's been with me forever. Well, I think all of us think that way, uh, even now, right? Sometimes we want to just get through it because we know it's good and we just want to be done with it. So we get through it quickly and we race through it thinking, okay, I did it, so I'm good. But I think as we go through this study about the Our Father who art in heaven, it's really important to remember how this is, uh, if we think about who instituted it, right? Jesus himself. Uh, it really, we really need to really take a step back here and understand how significant this prayer is, uh, but also how it uh, really has a lot of meaning behind it. And I think when we talk about Luther and his uh, catechism, um, how he does a great job of fleshing this out for us. Right? So it begins today uh, with the Our Father. I mean, just uh, for the welfare of Jeff here, um, I won't, I was going to say I could talk about probably three hours on this, just about the word hour and father too. I could talk about this forever uh, to know that this is literally uh, the, the greatest address that we can give. I don't know if you thought about it before, but you know, it's like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy. We're already we, we already pass that our Father, and we don't really understand what that really means, right? It's like it's almost as if it's no big deal. But this is our uh, this is because of grace. 
that we say our Father, right? Not by our own diligence or merit, but by the body and blood of Jesus and His merit, that by the grace of God, by the faith that He has given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can say our Father. Just, just remember, we were dead in our trespasses, Ephesians 2.1. We, uh, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? All have fallen, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Uh, uh, ever since the Genesis 3 problem where they, they fell into sin and death came into the world, uh, Romans 5.12. And uh, we very well know that in that disobedience, uh, we, we, we are dead when we're born. We, we are dead spiritually and we need to be made alive. And that is by faith. So we, we see right here, when we say our Father, this is really our, our words of faith. Right? This is uh, really hearkening back to the first commandment. That you shall have no other gods. So when we address our Father, we're saying we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. That He is the Father of grace who has brought us into His fold all by His work upon the cross by sending of His Son. Uh, that He is a Creator God who, who gives us all that we have, um, who continues to sustain us even to this day, not out of any uh, merit or worthiness in us, but out of His fatherly divine goodness, as we see in the Catechism. And uh, it is uh, the one who sends the Holy Spirit, who sanctifies us in the true faith, who, who, who calls us into this gospel so that we, uh, we can know and believe and have life in Christ's name. Right? This is, our Father is such a great... Because it is our Father who has delivered us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And we say these words, we address in this prayer the introduction with these words of faith. I mean, I could dwell upon this introduction forever. Because as a child of God, what a blessing it is to be His child. Not by any effort or work of my own, but all by the love and sacrifice that God has given to me through His Son. That when I say our Father, I'm saying I have eternal life, that my sins are forgiven, and that um, I have my Savior. Again, if you think about that, um, it's, a really, uh, it's a really profound gift that God gives. As it reads, Our Father who art in heaven. Right? What does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children, that aletheia, as we say in Greek, so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask Him as dear children ask their dear Father. Just as you ask, uh, I know our parents aren't perfect. I'm not a perfect parent by no means. <laughs> Just ask my kids. But anyways, the point is, is that they always come to me. And they know they can ask with boldness and confidence, Dad, can, I, can you help me with this? Or, uh, or I have a boo-boo, can you help me with that, right? Or can you help me with your math homework? Or uh, can you get me this at the store? You know, they can come up to me, not with intimidation, but with great joy, knowing that I'm there to help them, right? And likewise, even more so, infinitely more so, we as true children can go to the good Father with what? With boldness and confidence, not with walking on eggshells, but we go to the Father because we know what it means to be a child of God and how He has brought us into His grace. 1 John 3 reads, 
This is what kind of father we have. See what kind of love the father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Right? Though we fall short in sin, there we go to the word of God and his promise of the gospel. We confess our sins, we repent. Uh, there we acknowledge uh, and in faith, very well known confidently that Jesus is our Savior. And likewise, when we talk about the love of the Father, the kind of agape love that He has, that sacrificial love that only God can give, uh, uh, it's because of that that we are called children of God. So that our Father, my friends, is not just a linear, our Father who art in heaven. It's not like you're on a train track just going back and forth, even though train tracks, well, do they, do they go? Yeah, they don't take U-turns, right? They go from one track. Anyways, my point is, is that, you know, when we go on that track, it's easy to just say, okay, I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that, and just get a, a quick linear kind of memorization. But again, and, and I say this, it should be more of like a roller coaster ride. You know, like Emily, right? Loves the roller coasters. I get dizzy. But in the midst of that linearity, right? Linearity. We have this threaded prayer that weaves in and out, right? So we have this uh, threaded prayer where we, it really weaves in and out uh, like a needle and its thread, I guess. I'm not a sewer, but I imagine this is not what sewing looks like. But it's, it's almost like it's going through and through and through and through. And we are really taking these meanings and I encourage you, if you have a catechism at home or you can download it, or you can get one at your local uh, Lutheran church um, in Faithmore Park, California. But uh, uh, get that catechism. And what I do, a good, uh, a good exercise that I have for myself is I read, let's say, the introduction or the petitions and the meanings, and I pray upon them. So, for example, um, to make this more than just a mechanical uh, linear prayer, I really take heed to those words, Our Father who art in heaven. I read with these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask Him as dear children, ask their dear Father. Right? And we would continue with that prayer and thank the Father for all that He has done. Right, Like, Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for calling me to be your own. Thank you for Jesus who has covered me with the body and blood, uh, uh, sacrificed on the cross for my sins. Um, and in faith, I come boldly and confidently to you as you are my true Father and I am your true child. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done. And as you pray that continuously, you very well know that He is your Father, right? That in the life of faith that we cling uh, to, the, to God who continues to provide and sustain us and, and strengthen us uh, through the promises that He gives. And that our Father is so great, right? Again, uh, sometimes uh, there are moments where um, I go to each, as we talk about, as we go journey through the Lord's Prayer, uh, there are petitions uh, that I stay on that I'm truly needing prayer for. And it's no coincidence that as we go through the Lord's Prayer, that Jesus pretty much covers all that we need to know, right? Uh, there's nothing uh, of the Lord's Prayer that is lacking. After all, it is the words of Christ that has given it to us, but also as we study it, it, it covers the gamut of all that we're going through in life. So uh, really, don't just say, I already know that, because I think we're all prone to do that. But really take the time to learn, get out your catechism, uh, find one, and, and follow along with me as we 
as we look at this catechism and really, really dwell upon these meanings so that we can use them as our Christian weapon against all that we're up against, right? Um, so as, uh, as we talk about our Father uh, who art in heaven, again, um, as He is our Father, how do we know is, He is our Father? Because as it says in Galatians 3.26, For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Ephesians 4.6, There is one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Right? This is the Father who is in heaven, right? That He has all the power. That He is our divine God who is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, who has the power to answer our prayers and to hear and deliver us um, in, by His will um, in the answer that He gives, right? So in boldness and confidence, not only do we know who we are as children of God, but we also know who God is as the all-powerful God above all things. Right. Psalm 124, verse 8, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Isn't that right? So what is there to fret about when we live our lives? I think we all do it though, right? So we get back to the Lord's Prayer, our Father, and immediately by the power of His Word, the Holy Spirit gets us back uh, uh, to, that, uh, to the reality, uh, to, the, to the objective gift that God gives in Christ Jesus, that we are indeed His children. Uh, so remember that this day, folks, uh, um, as you listen to this, knowing that our Father who art in heaven Seems really simple on the, on the surface, but really as you dwell in it, there's a really big, uh, it's very deep in a sense of how much we can pray upon it, dwell upon it, meditate on those words, and really prayerfully throughout the whole day, just dwell upon what it means to be a child of God. And what a blessing that is to have the peace that you're covered by His robe of righteousness, not only uh, through the cross, but even in your baptism, right? And you're connected to his name and that he is indeed your father. Once dead, now made alive. Once in the domain of darkness, now brought uh, to the marvelous light uh, that we are once an old creation. Uh, the old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation, Galatians 5.17. And this is, uh, uh, this is who we are. So in our introduction today, friends, this introduction really shows us who we are and who our God is. And what a blessing it is to know that as we continue to live our lives um, in this dark world as Christians, as we have the hope that is in not ourselves, but in the Father who has brought us into the faith, who continues to sustain and deliver and lead us in His Word. So remember that this day, and I encourage you to pray, pray, and pray, and even pray, even pray, even pray even more because it's yours and you my friends don't doubt but pray in all boldness and confidence knowing that the lord hears our prayers he is our perfect father and the perfect father knows what is best for us as he leads and guides us by his word
May you all have a blessed week as you continue to grow in the faith. And if you ever have any questions, uh, please, please email us, call us, text us, and we'll figure it out. But we're always here for you. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, please, please ask. Uh, you all have a, a blessed day. And why don't we um, uh, conclude uh, with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we, we just thank you for this day, O Lord, that you have brought us to this time. We thank you uh, for the gift of prayer that you have given us the call to ask, seek, and knock, that indeed uh, it will be um, given, it will be found, and will be open to us. Thank you, O Lord, for this promise. Thank you for the privilege of prayer, knowing that we can, in our own, even our own words and thoughts, uh, give, uh, give our words to you. Lord, uh, bless us as we move, as we grow in this faith, knowing full well that you are the Father who art in heaven. Uh, that you are the one who has given us life in your name, who by your grace has called us out of this darkness into your light, that we are your children, all by the body and blood shed for us. Thank you, O Lord, for calling us into this true faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that with all boldness and confidence we are able to pray, knowing full well that we are heard. Bless us, O Lord. Let your will be done in our lives as you continue to strengthen us as we trust in Christ in all the things that we go through. We thank you, O Lord, for this time. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. May you all have a blessed week, and may the Lord's peace be with you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this study on Luther's Small Catechism. We hope this was helpful as you grow in the Christian faith and study of the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.